Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. You know how you are when you get angry or when you're really, really sad or depressed? You don't make good decisions. And now she's making good decisions. She was originally so fixated on her trouble that she was blinding from seeing what God was doing. That happens, guys. And I understand that there could be some depression in the room. I understand there's some brokenheartedness. Guys, that will blind you from seeing what God is doing. But don't fear. God is at work like he did with Naomi. God had already been working to heal her broken heart, and her joy was restored back to her again, which has allowed her to see that there is hope. There is a way out. If you don't hear anything I say today, if you don't remember anything I say at all today, remember this, there is a way out through the Lord Jesus Christ. There's always a way out. And Naomi is able to see the way out through the kinsman redeemer. Jesus is my kinsman redeemer. And now she's given Ruth good and godly direction. Now, remember in verse 3, verse 2, Naomi had said to Ruth about Boaz, is he not our relative? Did y'all catch that she said, whose relative? My relative? Well, he's my relative. That's not what she said. She said, is he not our relative? Us. Me, the Israelite, the Jew, and you, the Moabitess, the, the Gentile. He's our relative. Ruth is from Moab. She's not from around there. She's a foreigner. She's not from Israel. She's not a Jew. So why is Naomi telling Ruth that Boaz is our relative when Boaz is a Jew? Why is she saying that? The answer is in that Ruth married one of Naomi's sons, which grafted Ruth, a Gentile, into the Jewish line. He is our relative. She's grafted in. Friends, I am not a Jew. I am a Gentile. I'm not a Jew. I'm the foreigner. And this picture of Ruth is very exciting to me because it demonstrates that even though I have always been the foreigner like Ruth was, I can be grafted into the blessings of the Jews, making Jesus to become my kinsman redeemer. That's such good news. That's a picture we see here in Ruth 3. So let me show you Ephesians 2 and 11. It says, therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens, foreigners, aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now 
In Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Gentiles, get excited. You've been given away in. Their impression of, the, of, of their Messiah at first was, that's our Messiah. He's our Jewish Messiah. He's for us. Too bad, Gentiles, your problem. No, he's mine too, because I get grafted in. Naomi told Ruth he, that Boaz is our kinsman redeemer. He's our relative. Friends, Jew and Gentile, either one. The Lord Jesus is our Messiah, our Savior. Isn't that great? Our kinsman redeemer. Ah, awesome. Now, remember how Boaz, the kinsman redeemer here, he had always offered Ruth a place of acceptance. He was always giving thanks to her and said, sit here with us, lie here till morning. He was always accepting her, even though she was a foreigner. And so Ruth prepared herself with the very best that she had to go and seek Boaz's favor. She put forth her very best. She put forth her very best to prove that she was really devoted to Boaz alone. Deuteronomy 4 and 29 says, Seek the Lord your God, and you will find him if, if, if. Guys, do you all see that? This is dependent on something. If you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul, seek and you'll find him no matter what. No, if you look devoted, if you look with devotion to the people that are out there saying, I'm a Christian, but you have no idea who Jesus is because you don't study the Bible. You don't pray. You don't gather with the assembly of believers. You don't do anything that he told you to do. You're not demonstrating devotion. You're just not. If somebody come up and said, hey, I'm devoted to you. Oh, you are? Oh, really? Me? Yeah, hang on. But I got to go play out with play with these other people first. You're not going to believe them. Guys, my wife is sitting right here. She doesn't go out and spend the night with other guys throughout the week and see me on like Friday and say, oh, I'm devoted to you. She's with me every night. She comes home every night. She's devoted to me. And I, I'm with her every night, every day. I'm devoted to her. You can't play around with the world and then tell God, yeah, I'm devoted to you, though. It, it, doesn't, uh-uh. it doesn't add up. It, that's just simple, blunt math, guys. Seek the Lord your God, and you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. This is the Bible. Woo. Notice it says, all your heart and soul. The body is not mentioned. You see that? It doesn't say the body. Ruth outwardly looked like a foreigner. Her flesh looked like a foreigner. Her clothing, maybe her hairstyle, maybe even her speech, her tongue, probably indicated with an accent that she was a foreigner. Outwardly, she didn't look like she belonged. But Boaz accepted Ruth because of the devotion of her heart and the decision from her soul and her mind to pursue him. God doesn't care what you look like. He cares what's inside. With all your heart and your mind and your soul, it does not say the body. You can have anybody and still come to the Lord and look for him. Wow. Friends, Scripture says that the Lord looks inwardly at the heart. He does not care if you're a foreign Gentile. If you pursue to have a relationship with Jesus, he will accept you and grant you favor from his great wealth, just like Jewish Boaz did for Gentile Ruth. That's good news. My Messiah is a Jew. 
Jesus Christ, the God of America? No, the God of Israel. He's Jewish. But this is how both Jew and Gentile are saved together through Messiah Jesus. Now, Naomi and Ruth were in big trouble before they found Boaz. But in the previous chapter, Boaz had given Ruth water to drink. You remember that? You don't have to go look for your own water. Let the guys draw it up. Let them pull it up. They'll get as much heavy water. They'll dump it out. And all you got to do is drink and, and take some home. He provided her water. And now he'd also given her food to eat. He gave her barley, did he not? He gave her grain. He'd given her food. Did you know that Jesus gives us these same things? Did you know that Jesus, our kinsman redeemer, gives us water to drink and food to eat? John six thirty five. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Guys, I see Jesus in Boaz. I'm a New Testament Christian. I'm showing you the gospel in the Old Testament right here. Jesus gives us both of these things. Matthew eleven twenty eight. He says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Ruth and Naomi were heavy laden. They had burdens. They were depressed. They were hurt. How are we going to get by? What are we going to do? Boaz is giving them rest, and he's providing for them. That's so good. Now, this rest that God offers you lasts forever. It lasts for eternity. Remember. Ruth's provision up until now was only going to last her until harvest. And harvest just ended. Eventually, that provision is going to run out. Up until harvest, okay, you have X amount. It's going to run out at some point. Once harvest is over, that's it. Ruth and Naomi would be starving all over again. Now, even though Ruth had that good work ethic, remember, that's the first, one of the first things that Boaz noticed about her. He saw her work and she was getting after it. Even though she had a great work ethic, even though she had a virtuous image before the whole town, that was not going to be enough once the harvest ended. You look good and you're, you're, everybody likes you, good character, you're a good person, you can work hard, that's not going to cut it. Harvest is done. You need something that's going to get you past that. Now, Ruth and Naomi, they had to pursue something bigger. They had to pursue something better than just being a good person because they needed the one thing that could get them beyond the harvest fields. They needed a redeemer. I'm trying to say being a good person, having good character, having a pretty nice more set of morals is not going to save you guys. You need a redeemer. You need a redeemer, someone who can see to your security beyond what this earth has to give you, because what's down here is going to run out. Hosea 2 and 19, the Lord God says, I will betroth you to me forever. Yes, I will betroth you to me. (laughs) Could God make it any clearer than that? Betroth, that means like a marriage agreement. That's what Ruth was looking for in Boaz. God says, I will do that for you. And it's going to last. Wow. To know that God offers to betroth us to himself for all eternity, giving us life and security beyond the time when this world ends. And like I said, guys, being a good person, that's great. Being kind, have a good work ethic, that's great. But it's not enough. You don't have enough to get past what this world is. You need a wealthy redeemer who can afford to pay your way beyond this world. You need Jesus Christ. That's who you need. The Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2 and 5. God, 
made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come. Y'all see that? What age are we in now? We're on the world. In the ages to come, that means when this world runs out, in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Guys, God's going to get us past what this world's got, past this harvest. Being good is not going to do you any good. You need the Messiah. You need the Lord Jesus. You need to seek not just Jesus, you need to seek an intimate relationship with Jesus. That's the illustration we see when Ruth pursued Boaz with great devotion for him on an intimate level. She wanted an int. He says, I can't just yet, but I will. But she was seeking an intimate relationship. She had a desire to present herself to Boaz only. Boaz only. And Boaz commended her for not seeking after other men. To offer yourself to the Lord God of Israel, you can't be messing around with other false gods. You can't be bowing down to money. You can't be bowing down to politics or political correctness serving that. You need to bow down and devote yourself to God and what he says. Oh, but the world's going to hate me. Make your choice. Who's going to get you in the ages to come? It ain't going to be this world. You have to come to him only and intimately. Everybody loves the thought of gaining all the favor. That's what everybody's talking about. Favor, favor, favor. I want all the blessing. God, give me this. God, give me that. But I hope you saw that Boaz would not be with Ruth intimately until she became his rightfully. That's a big point I'm trying to make. Boaz would not be with Ruth intimately until she became his rightfully. Ephesians 1.13, In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Now, that's intimacy. When you are sealed inwardly with the Holy Spirit of promise, there is no more intimacy than that. That is as intimate as it gets. But God will not get intimate with you until you first become rightfully His. You hear this? The passage, look at the passage there. The passage says, after. Do you see that word, after? After you heard the word of truth, after you heard the gospel of your salvation, and after you believed, then you are sealed with the intimacy of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling. Like Boaz was with Ruth, God is a gentleman, and he can be trusted to act responsibly and properly, but he will not intimately touch you until you first are properly and rightfully his. This is why God will not allow fornicators from Corinthians. It says it. This is why God will not allow fornicators to inherit the kingdom of God. Fornicators are those who like sexual intimacy without being married. And I know that's a politically incorrect thing. Oh, you're so old-fashioned. Only old people say that. All the old pastors say that. I'm sorry, guys. It's in the Bible. I have to say it. God will not allow fornicators to inherit the kingdom of God. 
Because he does not like it when people want all the intimacy with zero commitment. That's why fornicators want all the benefits, but they will not commit. That's ungodly. That's backwards. Doesn't work like that. It is sinful. And God will not allow that attitude in his kingdom. Boy, I know I just stomped on so many people right now with that one. I'm warning you to repent how you can get right with your God. You cannot inherit the kingdom as long as you're doing that. Oh, I believe in Jesus. I said the prayer. If you're fornicating, you didn't mean it the way God wants you to mean it. You got to come to him right. Boaz would not touch Ruth until he could first personally finish all the work of Ruth's redemption. The buying back had to be done first before Ruth could become his own special person. Did y'all catch that? He didn't give her an answer. He goes, but I'll get on it today. And Naomi said, just be patient and wait. He'll deal with it. He had to do the redemption work first before she could become his. Friends, before we can ever experience the intimate indwelling of the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ had to personally accomplish all the work for our redemption. Our buying back had to be done first by his dying on the cross so that we could become his own special people. And so just like Ruth went looking for Boaz, Titus 2.13 tells us what we should be doing too. Titus 2.13, we should be looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem, redeem, buy us back, redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people. That's good. Now, before we close, I want to give you something to look for as you read ahead in the next chapter, because all of you read to the next chapter, don't you? Okay. I hope so. (laughs) We're in Ruth 3. What are you reading before Sunday? You can do math. Okay. So I hope y'all read ahead. Don't just take my word for it. You need to do your own work. Okay. You need to do your own study. So remember how we read in chapter 3, Boaz said there was someone else. There was another Uh, There was someone else closer to Ruth, which is why he couldn't give her the immediate answer. He had to go see if this uh, about this other relative first. What we're going to see ahead in chapter four, something for you to be looking for when you read ahead, is that this other relative could not afford to buy Ruth and Naomi. He could not afford to redeem them. But Boaz could. Boaz could afford it. This is going to lead us into a picture, and I want your eyes to be tuned for this. This is going to lead us into a picture that shows us the difference between the law and Jesus Christ. Between the law and Jesus Christ, because one could do it, and the other could not. Let me show you Romans 8 and 3. It says, for what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God did. (laughs) By sending his own son. The other relative, you're going to find he could not redeem them, but Boaz could. Remember what Boaz said in Ruth 3.13. He says, if, I, if he can't perform the duty for you, then I will. If he can't do it, I will. Friends, Jesus knew that the law could never do the duty of saving us, and so he said, then I will. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Ephesians 1.7, in him, in the law, does it say in the law? 
What does it say? Ephesians 1 and 7 says, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. Friends, God is rich. He's rich. He can afford to buy us all back, all of us, and restore us and heal us from being broken. I want to ask you a question. Do you remember the veil that hung in the temple? For centuries, for a long time, it hung in the, in the temple. That veil blocked the entryway to the innermost part of the temple where God's presence was at. Now, the law had existed for centuries with that veil hanging there until one day that temple veil got torn in two from top to bottom to show that a way had been made to the presence of Father God. Do you know what day that was when the veil got torn in half? You know what day it was? Read three of the four Gospels and you'll find out that that was the day when Jesus Christ died on the cross for our redemption. What the law could not do, it couldn't make that way in there. God did by sending his own son. Now that you know that Jesus did the redemption work for you, I want to ask you, do you want to share in the riches of God's grace? I do. Do you want to? Do you want the favor, the protection, and the provision of God that will last eternally long after this world is done? Being good won't cut it, especially your version of what you think good is, because we've been lied to. What's good, what you think is good ain't. You got to go by the word of God. It's not going to cut it. You got to stop messing around, throwing yourself to false gods, all these other things, and seek your Redeemer. Are you looking for Jesus? Do you want to know who he is? Devote yourself to him and him alone. He's a gentleman. He will not touch you intimately until you become rightfully his. Now, the Lord has always commanded me. He told me in prayer a long time ago. We're through. But he told me, you always preach the gospel like somebody in the room somewhere is not saved. Or on the radio hearing me or through YouTube, whatever. Like somebody's not saved and they're just now getting it. He says, you always preach like that. And so if you're wondering, Ray, I want this like Ruth is getting. I want my Redeemer that can buy me out of the mess I'm in, but I don't know how to get it. If you're wondering, let me tell you, it's all through Jesus. Follow me in prayer. Here's how you do it. You've got to mean this. I mean, you've got to mean it. You've got to repent. That's the prerequisite. You've got to turn away from all that stuff you've been hoping will get you through. Oh, I hope this job comes through. Oh, I hope my bonus hits. Oh, I hope I can do this. Oh, I hope I can do that. Uh Uh-uh, it's it's only temporary. you got to put it in something eternal, and that's Jesus Christ. Get betrothed to him. Follow me in prayer. Father God, I have sinned and I have ruined it. I messed everything up. Forgive me, Lord God. Thank you for coming to buy me back on the cross. Thank you for dying in my place. Restore the joy back to us, Lord God, who have lost it. I don't find any peace in this world. This message convicted me. I've discovered I'm off. Forgive me and get me back on track. Get me back in order like Naomi did. But thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying in my place. I give myself to you completely and totally. So much so that I will not revert back to those old ways of trying to make it anymore. I give it all to you. God, you're in control now. Take over. That's calling you Lord. I give you my life. Thank you for dying for me. In Jesus' name, amen. You are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. Aren't you glad? You never could have paid it on your own. 
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.